The first reading can be found on page 1186 in the Pew Bibles. The one Thessalonians, commencing at chapter 2. You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know, but with the help of our God we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor do we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from men, nor from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. And the second reading can be found on page 1068, the book of John, chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath the Lord forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. 
Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that in your grace and in your mercy you'd speak into our lives today. Amen. My dog collar pops out, it's because it's the shortest dog collar in the world. It has snap head. And I don't really know where you buy dog collars in Jersey. <laughs> Behave yourself, Timothy. I'm going to be preaching from this passage in uh, John's Gospel, and we're following the book Paraclesis, but I am. One of those strangest of all creatures, an Anglican. And today is Trinity Sunday, and there is a book called uh, The Lion, the Dove, and the Lamb. The Lion, the Dove, and the Lamb, like Lion, which in the wardrobe. Lion, Dove, and Lamb by Black. And if you can find it on the internet, it is a, it, on, on, for a book on the Trinity, it's a brilliant read. If you buy it, Take some time, just once a week, to read it, because it's deep. It, 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 he, he wants you to read the book and then look up the Bible passages. And as you read the book, your worship of the eternal trinity will just get deeper and deeper. It's an awesome book. Bryden was, um, I knew him well, he's a New Zealander, but he lived in Zimbabwe for a while. And he was the rector before me. Uh, when I took over at St. Luke's Greendale. Um, and so we, we actually worked together uh, a little bit. Um, and then he went over to Oxford to write a PhD on the Trinity. So he was slightly more intelligent than me, but not much. <laughs> but it's a really, really good book, Bride and Black. So I'm, I'm, I'm now going to be preaching on this passage in John, John, cha- John chapter 5. And it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating passage from all sorts of angles. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem, the sh- near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which means blessed, surrounded by five colored, co- covered colonnades. The Sheep Gate was where the poor little sheep's would be taken through in, before they were slaughtered, before they were sacrificed. And that, that was the sheep gate into, in, into the temple. So it was the, the, the last walk of the poor sheep. <laughs> but anyway. And, so, and thousands of, of these sheep would have been going through there. So it must have been a pretty smelly place. And in this place, there's just near, near the sheep gate, there's a pool. And the thing about this pool was every now and then an angel they believed an angel would come down and stir the water and then the first person to get into the water after the angel stirred it would be healed here a great number of disabled people I think I've got an assistant preacher this morning (laughs) 
carry on. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> He's okay. Let the little man go. A great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One was there who'd been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he'd been in this condition a long time, and he asked him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? Notice that. It's a curious question. He's saying to this man, do you want to get better? Why does he ask him that question? Because it's a strange question. And I suggest to you that we as people, we can make friends with our situation. We might not be paralyzed, but we might have had a whole lot of disadvantages and we've, we feel that we could, we're, we're, we're victims. And, and we're, we're actually quite happy in our victimhood. Because it's sort of, that's, that's, that's our soul. Everything's everyone else's fault. Do you want to get better? Do you want to, have you made friends with your sickness? Because maybe your sickness is, reason, is the reason you feel people are nice to you because you're, you're an invalid. And the man answers, yes, he would. He would like to get better. Um, so I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down before me and gets in. And obviously they get the healing and he doesn't. What's interesting about that is that the blind were there. Now the blind couldn't see when the water stirred, could they? No? So they must have had people there helping them. But this man's got no one. There's no one there to help him move quickly and get into the water and get healed. So Jesus then looks at him and says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. What's interesting about that is that the, the Greek expression get up is exactly the same Greek expression as used just later on by Jesus. He says, do not be amazed at this, this is verse 28, for the time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out and those who've done good will get up to live and those who've done evil will get up to be condemned. Hey? We're going to get up to live. That's our future. You can shout hallelujah if you want. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah, man. Get up. So then... Jesus slips away. Jesus slips away. And there's an encounter between this man who's carrying a mat. He's got his Pilates mat and he's not supposed to be carrying his Pilates mat on a, on a, on a Sunday. 
on a Sabbath. He's carrying his mat. The Jews say to him, why are you carrying a mat? He says, well, the man who healed me said to carry my mat, so I'm carrying my mat. And they said, well, who was he? And he didn't know, because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd. Now, notice that. There was all these paralyzed, sick, blind people. And there is one that Jesus chooses to heal. Just one. All those people needed healing. Yes. But it's this one person that Jesus wants to give particular the grace of healing to. Yeah. Later it says later Jesus found him at the temple. Jesus went looking for him to find him. Yes? This one person, this individual, is, this, is a person that Jesus wants to deal with. He wants to save him. He wants what's best for him. Friends, your God has sought you and found you. And if you and I had not been searched for by Jesus, we would never be, we would not find him. Yeah? That comes out again and again in the pages of the New Testament. God has chosen you. He set his love on you. You're the object of his special grace, his kindness. It's not just that you were a number out of, out of, out of so many other people who live in St. Juan's or say, live in Jersey, wherever you live. We're chosen. We're special to God. Amongst the millions, there are. He's chosen you. Yeah? We've been chosen and searched for and found for a purpose. What do you think the purpose is? Why has he done it? Why has God sought you out? He sought you out for a whole kaleidoscope of lovely things, hasn't he? He sought you out to know his glory. He sought you out to wash you in, with his blood. He sought you out to pour onto you the incomparable riches of his grace. Eh? He sought you out so that you may know the power of his spirit at work in you. He sought you because he wants you to know his love. He wants you to swim in the ocean of his abundant love. He sought you 
to be literally with him. With him. You and I, knowing the eternal God for ourselves as the king and as the best friend we could ever, ever, ever have. Savior, shepherd, just roles and all sorts of different things, doesn't it, in the, in the, in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. So Jesus found him at the temple. That's a good place to be found because he's clearly gone to say thanks to God for his healing. Notice what he says to him. See, you are well again. Stop sinning. (laughs) Stop sinning. What's striking about that? What's striking about that? It is the only place in the four Gospels where Jesus talks to someone like that. He doesn't say that to any other person in the Gospels. In Mark, there's that link between... You remember the man who was paralyzed and they lowered him through the roof. His friends lowered him through the roof in front of Jesus. And Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven first before he um, you know, gets, heals him and, and he gets up from his mat and, and, is, and is healed. But so, but, so the forgiveness of sins precedes the, 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 the healing. But this is the only time where Jesus says to someone, stop sinning. <laughs> you wonder, what... What what was this man doing? What sin was he committing that Jesus looks and uh, Jesus loves him and loves his he cares for his soul and he's 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 seeing that there's there's an impurity there and he wants him to stop it man stop it stop sinning what was he doing what was it Was he, was he resenting the fact that everyone else had gone on for 37 years? I've been an invalid and everyone else has gone on and prospered and I never had a chance. Was, that, was he bitter? What was it? What was the sin that was holding him? Was it self-pity? Had he, had he, had he, be, had he become, had such an attitude of victimhood that that was what was holding him? Because something's gripping this man and Jesus is concerned to, that, that he must stop and he has, it is his responsibility. It's his responsibility to stop sinning. Jesus wouldn't say that to him if it wasn't his responsibility. No, you son, stop it. Stop sinning. There was something in this man that was such concern to Jesus that he knew 
that unless the man did something about it, notice what Jesus says to him, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Something worse than 37 years of being an invalid. It is a serious warning. <laughs> this, this is pretty serious, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Stop that. Stop doing that thing which you know is wrong or something worse will happen to you. Notice Jesus' approach to us is, 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 a, is a whole approach. He doesn't just heal the man's physical ailment. He's making sure that this man can go forward and have a good future. A happy future. He's concerned about the man's soul. And son, if you continue walking in that way, and you keep on following in that disobedience, in that naughtiness, whatever it is, then something worse could happen to you. If, some, if something is getting a hold of you, if some attitude, some, some bad attitude is getting a hold on you, if it's unforgiveness, if there's a person you just refuse to forgive, if that's something that's, that's, that, 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 that's on you, and you remember in the, in, the, in the silent watches of the night what they did, and it keeps you awake, there's something that's got a grip on you stop it stop it just leave it leave it put it down put it down turn because we can we can repent God looks for us to say have say yes father I'm wrong I want to stop. I want to change. Help me. And God's spirit is there as the encourager to enable us, to give us the power to walk differently. So come, Lord Jesus. Come and do a work in us. A work of making us holy. A work so special so wonderful and so powerful that we wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.